if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ prays for unity. What should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast. I am one of the co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, here with your other co-hosts, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Hello. And special guest, Bishop Alan Rhodes, who is going to talk to us today about a few different things. Um, We're going to ask him about his church. We're going to ask him some about what makes the Church of God of Prophecy so special. And we're also going to ask if he could preach some to us about uh, unity. We'll we'll see how that goes. (laughs) But uh, before we do, uh, Bishop Alan, we have a mini segment that we like to do with first-time guests where I just take some of these, I got some note cards here in my hand, 12. I'm going to shuffle them up. Whatever it lands on, we're just going to ask you that to tell us that, whatever it may be. So, you know, it could be what you ate for dinner last night. It could be pretty much anything, really. So sound good? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So I'm going to start shuffling. You tell me when to stop. You can stop. All right. Uh, Bishop Allen, what's something you'd like to learn or wish you were better at? Something I would like to learn or something I'm better at, would like to be better at. I would think uh, as far as I would like to learn how to speak uh, Spanish. Me too. I've tried. It's it's rough. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that being said, we would like to take a just a quick moment to review some of what our audience has been doing. You know, usually we review a silly question, which I will tell you guys that we put a poll out if, to see if our audience would rather lose their taste or their smell. Um, we had six people say they'd rather lose smell than taste, and four people say they'd rather lose taste than smell. So there we have it. Uh, we also would like to take a quick moment to thank one of our audience members, uh, Justin James Vaughn, recently signed up as one of our patrons, one of the Big shout out to Justin. Thank you so much for your support. And we look forward to getting some more content to you and all of our patrons as soon as we can. That being said, we're not going to jump into this week's silly question. Um, and me and TJ will answer first to give you some time to think about it, Bishop Allen. Uh, our silly question today is very pretty simple. What is your favorite type of terrain and why? And it doesn't have to be specific. You know, you can just say, uh, you know, grasslands, hills, you know, whatever. Uh, TJ, would you like to go first? I mean, I can. So it's, I guess, a fjord would be my favorite type of terrain if that counts. What is that? It's just a valley with a river in the bottom in between two mountains, usually. I like it. It's cool. That's it. Hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say general swampland. I just really that like um, swamps. I like the feel of it. I like you know, just the smell, the sound, everything. It just, I like it. I guess it's kind of weird. Sure. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, Pastor Allen, what uh, what is your favorite type of terrain and why? Favorite type of terrain would have to be wooded areas. Um, and why is because uh, I used to like the why well, I still do. I just don't get to do as much. I like to deer hunt and uh, and I like to uh, turkey hunt. So uh, that's that's my reason for that. So there's nothing like turkey. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now that's out of the way. Uh, let's get into the real stuff. Uh, okay. So, Bishop Allen, what can you tell us about your church and about what y'all are doing? Our church is, um, you know, of course, back in June, we, uh, you know, we, we just we started a parking lot services due to the, you know, the whole pandemic situation. Um, and that went really well. And then um, we started back. We started back in, in into the building. And um, and since we've come back into the building, we've actually um, we've seen our uh, attendance up and down some. But, the you know, here recently, it's actually been. Uh, doing better um and uh we we're and what we're doing is we're just you know we're just we started facebook live which we were never doing that before um we started that and um we have seen uh, people come to the lord we had a a young lady come to know christ as her personal savior this past sunday and uh and what we're doing is we've got people that's uh uh ex-drug addicts that are coming to our church and you know, they're turning their lives around. And so that's what we're doing. We're uh, what's happening in our church is God's just moving since we started back. I mean, not that he wasn't in the past, but we're just seeing tremendous move of the Lord. And uh, and we're seeing people uh, come to know the Lord. Uh, like I said, ex-drug addicts uh, giving their heart to Jesus. And we're hoping from that to be able to minister to people young and older alike that are uh, heading down that road. Um see them get delivered from from uh from drugs crazy that's awesome we love to hear that yeah Um, real quick uh could you remind us uh, what what's the name of your church and where are you guys at it's uh belmont church of god of prophecy in anderson south carolina okay awesome thank you i just you know i know a lot of pastors are trying to keep up with where everybody's at (laughs) that's fine that's fine all right so uh, we love asking our pastors, the Kogop pastors, uh, what they think makes Kogop special. Uh, so what what do you think makes Kogop special? Uh, uh, for, for me, uh, being raised in the church, um, I think that's one thing that makes it special. You know, I've, I've been around it. You know, I mean, we, I was born in the church. I probably say born, you know, um, and I think uh, being raised in it and, and creating the friendships and, the, and you know, going to the General Assembly and just seeing the all nations coming together and, and, and worshiping and, and uh, then going to the state convention and we coming together as a state. Um, I think that's what makes it special to me is just seeing, you know, being raised in it and just seeing how far we've come and how God is just really, you know, doing great things, I believe not just here in America, but throughout the world and in, in, uh, in the church of God prophecy. And I'm thankful for that. And I think that's what makes it special to me. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. God is yeah. definitely special. That's for sure. Yeah. All of us who've kind of been raised in it, I guess feel that way, which I'd be willing to bet most people who've been raised in a certain church probably feel that way about their church. Sure. So that, 
So maybe a small amount of normalcy bias, but that's (laughs) definitely not what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Pastor Allen, do you see any specific challenges within our church, the Church of Apophasy, that uh, for unity across you know the whole church capital C? I think I think unity has always been a challenge um, in in the Church of Prophecy as well as it has in all denominations. Um, uh-huh. I think unity is the, was 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 one of the things that was the heart of of Christ, and still the heart of Christ. Um, I think it was the heart of the early church. Uh, though, if you look back in the Gospels, when Christ uh, was here, it was a struggle. The unity part was a struggle for his disciples. You look at the early church, even at, I mean, you know, we know Acts two, uh, they were one accord in one place. Um, and the Holy Spirit moved in the upper room that day. Um, the 120 were there. And I think after that, you see a, they, they even struggled with that, with the unity. Um, even, you know, even though God was still moving and doing great things. So I think it's always been a challenge. And then if you look through history, our history, um, you know, there's been times that, you know, we've, it's been a challenge for us. Um, and I think it's still a challenge today. And, um, but I think it's something that can be, and I know I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but I think mm-hmm. it's something to be overcome. Uh, I, th- I think so. I think it's a challenge, but I think it's not nothing that we can't overcome. So, but, uh, do you, can you think of anything specific that makes it a challenge? Is there like any like group of things that are happening or ideas that get in the way? I think, and it's kind of it's kind of unique that uh, that when I saw the topic for today was unity. Unity is actually something that's been on my heart for a long time. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, uh, and and I, I just I love to I love to, to do what we're doing. And and to go back to your question, the challenge I think is we need to come to an understanding of what unity really looks like. Um. And what I mean by that is um, the challenge is we, we, we can preach about unity and we talk about unity, but and, and we try to come together and like for the assembly and the state convention and district youth services and um, and other things like that. We try to come together. But I think we need to really understand the challenges. I guess what I'm trying to say is the challenges really understanding what unity is. It's more than just, it's more than just us coming together. That makes sense. It's, it's us coming together and saying, you know what, we're going to put aside. Cause you know, when when you get a group of people like on Sunday morning, our church, we're, we're together, but in the same building, but are we all together? Are we, are we in unity? You know, does and, and, and I think we need to understand what that means. And what I believe it means is, is when we come together, we put aside our differences, even though, even though we're in the same denomination, we can come together, but we still have our differences. And I think we need to come together and put all of that to the side and say, this is what we're really here for. And that's to magnify the name of Jesus mm-hmm. and with the love of him, you know, a house divided can't stand, you know, we can't impact our community for Christ if we're divided. 
And, but I think we need to come together and say, you know what, we're going to magnify him and we're going to reach this community that we live in with the love of Jesus. And man, what we could do, what we got, I'll stop there. Cause I know I may be getting more into some things you want to, you guys want to ask, but, um, you're good. I don't, ahead of myself, but, but I, I think, I think we need to come to an understanding that it's more than just coming together. Why are we coming together? You know, what's the purpose for it? So that's kind of the challenge to understanding what we really need to be doing. So. Yeah. If there's uh, if there's one thing humanity's always been really good at, uh, it's, it's disunifying. That's right. So unity is not an easy thing to accomplish. That's, that's right. Which is why Jesus said, that's how you'll know his disciples, that they love one another. Because, you know, nobody else is doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. true. True. So, so if you had to give us uh, one key principle to unity in the church, uh, what do you think that would be? I think it would be, I think it would be from, from, a, from a pastor standpoint is one key would be uh, is it's sitting down and and having conversations like what what I'm having with you guys right now, and let's talk about about unity and 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 uh, how how we can our churches can come together and you know not just my church on Sunday mornings but other churches in our community come together and so we can impact our community. So I guess the one key would be is us ch- just coming together. And, and but not just not just gathering, but coming together and saying we're 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 in one mind here, and our and our purpose is to win the lost and and reach people with the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the key. Yes, yeah. coming together, and, and I'll say this from a pastor standpoint: me not just getting up and preaching on unity, but just sit down with my people and say, what does unity really look like? You know. You, you know, because I say this at our church, I don't want our church to be just one race. I want our church to be full of, I want our church to be multicultural. And, and I want us to be able to, and, and, and to be able to do that and see that accomplished, we've got to be unified in order to be able to see that accomplished. So. And you've got to, you got to put aside the self-centeredness That's and right. leave your pride at the door. You can't be envious. It, it's not, you know, church isn't about you per se, but Absolutely. that's, that's beside the point. That uh, so, might be the point. Oh yeah. Uh, so have you seen any great examples of unity in the church that come to mind? Well, um, you know, we, we've had the privilege of, uh, uh, doing joint services with um, our sister church, African American church there in Anderson. We've had the privilege uh, of, of coming together with them and doing some joint services. And, and uh, I've, I've went over and had a, a preached a revival for the young men. Uh, and then going outside of the church, got a prophecy. We were had a privilege of uh, being able to do a unite service a new unite service with several different denominations within our community. And, uh, we came together under one roof. Uh, our purpose in mind was to glorify the Lord. Uh, there was some praise and worship. There was some, uh, some praise dancing and we just had a, you know, praise teams and all. we just had a great time 
and we had a great meal afterwards. So I think that would be a great example. Um, we didn't really sit down and, you know, and, and, you know, and kind of after it was over with, we had the meal, didn't sit down as much and really talk, you know, like I was talking about earlier, but, uh, th- that was, that was great to see that, see different, you know, different races, different, uh, different denominations. And we all came together under one roof and it was to glorify the Lord and, uh, and come together, you know, it was awesome. So I think that's one thing I've seen. Do I need, do we need to see more of that? Uh, absolutely. But I, I think we do. So even in our own denomination, I think it would do us well to come together more than what we do. And I'm not talking about just, uh, every, every couple of years for a state assembly or state convention, uh, mm-hmm. one time a year for a district thing. I think we need to come together. I think that's the key. Is coming together in 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 coming together and realizing, you know what? What are we here for? And that's to make a difference. You know, I've always thought it would be cool if our denomination had like one big Christmas service uh, in the state, but then everyone's kids wouldn't get to be in the play, so (laughs) it's not really on the table. (laughs) That's true, but uh. So you talk about this big Unite service. You said you had several denominations at and everything. Um, yeah. Could you tell us some about how were you able to make that come to fruition? And how do you think other pastors and other leaders in the church could kind of mimic that? Um, we had uh, the church that we held it at. It was at a church of God there in, in Anderson uh, Restoration House with the name of the church. And the pastor of that church, he just um, he just sat down and started you know, uh, text, texting and, uh, and contacting pastors and saying, Hey, uh, we need to come together. And, uh, he got, got some to, you know, to participate in the service. And, uh, it wasn't just about, we came to his church and everything was about his church. Uh, there was, you know, worship, praise and worship from another church in the community, African-American church there in the community. Um, you know, we came together under that one roof. So that's, uh, and, and, and I think, how we can make that happen is just, I mean, it's just like anything else. Let's just, you know, just do it. You know, somebody just, somebody have the vision, you know, you know, the scripture says without a vision, people perish and, you know, have, have that vision and just take off with it. Not just, you know, grab a hold of it and hold on to it, but just, you know, let, you know, you, you I'm sure not every church that he contacted came, but there was a lot that did. And that showed me that there was a lot that wanted, there was other churches that, and other pastors that wanted to see us come together in that community. Which is awesome. That's fantastic. Hey, everyone. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you all the ways you can help us keep this show going. Your favorite Church Unity podcast. Yeah, so you can subscribe to our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Every dollar counts. Subscribe to our show at your favorite podcast provider, whatever that may be. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on social media, and share this episode on your own social media. Uh, especially that last one. We can't tell you how much it helps get the word out about our show. Uh, now let's get back into it. And you know what? Yeah. We have a couple pastors and a couple church leaders who listen to this. And, you know, I would encourage you, you know, if you're in a position where you can just start calling people and offer up your church building and do that, to do that. Um, sure. But I want to kind of extend this just, you know, out of curiosity. And you know, there might not be anything they can do. But what about uh, the people listening who 
you know, they're not a pastor. They don't have the ability to just offer up their church. You know, is there anything they could do to maybe encourage their pastor or their leaders to see that kind of thing come to fruition? Sit down, sit down and have, have a conversation. I'm, I can't say this for every pastor, but I, you know, I can only speak, you know, of course for me, but, um, and I hope every pastor that's listening to this will feel that way, but I would be open to someone coming to me, you know, uh, that's, that's not, you know, a, a member of the church, our youth pastor, uh, is somebody in our church coming and saying, Hey, I see this vision of, of this big unite service. What do you think? And, you know, I would support it 100%. This, you know, we're opening up our facility to make it happen, you know, and, uh, and I, like I said, I, you know, I can only speak for me, but I'm sure there's other pastors that will be listening to this that feels the same way that all they need is somebody just to come up and say, Hey, how do you feel about a unite service? And, uh, let's open up our building and, and let, let's do this thing, you know, so. That'd be awesome. If everybody could do that, that'd be great. I mean, we've had the privilege of opening up our church building to, uh, our sister church there in town. Um, African American church. We've had our pri- we've had a privilege on three different occasions to open up our building and allow them to have funerals there affiliated with their church. I mean, they called me up and said we need a a bigger facility than what we have to hold you know have a funeral. And we had so many people there. We had to open up the front doors because we had people standing on the front steps um, at these funerals. And and we just we opened up our church. We opened up our facilities and allowed them. And I know that's different than a Unite service, but the yeah. point I'm making is we were allowed, we, we showed them how much we loved them and cared for them. And we allowed them to come in to do that. I mean, if we would just be open to, to just love on one another and open up our building and say, look, my building doesn't just belong to us. It belongs to you as well. And it's open for you to come And you know, so. Praise God. And yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, we're all on the same team which is ultimately what this podcast is about. Just reminding everybody, Hey, we're all on the same team. Yeah. So, um, that, that being said, uh, just kind of a switch topics a little bit. Do you have a favorite Bible verse specifically about unity or love that you'd like to share with us? I actually have, I have just two verses that I would like to share. Oh, uh, you can only uh, pick one. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, I can, I can. <laughs> no, no, both, both. I'm kidding. Uh, Psalms 133, it says, Behold how pleasant, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And uh, and one that I kind of thought that may could tie on to that one is from Matthew 18 and 20, where it says that where two or three were gathered together in his name, he would be there in the midst of it. And um, and I think that goes to, they, they, they tie in together, which all the scripture does, but he says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But then in that next verse, he talks about coming together, but coming together in his name. And um, I thought about how powerful that was. And I know that was two verses instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Well, it might make the next part easier. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think you could take those two verses and preach them at us? Sure. Just real sure. quick. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, in Psalms 133, where it says, behold, how good. And if you think about that, what you and I, what we're talking about today, what we're talking about, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So that, that goes right along with what we're talking about today is, is how pleasant it is when we can come together and we put aside our differences 
and we and we we come together and we're focusing on one thing, and that's the name of Jesus. Because in Matthew 18 and 20, we quote it often and we say, we say where two or three are gathered together, he's in the midst. But that verse actually says where two or three are gathered together in his name. So in order for two or three to be, it's, it's one thing to be gathered together, but when you're gathered together in his name, how pleasant and how good that is when brethren can dwell together in unity, but we can dwell together. No matter how many is there, we can dwell together in his name. The difference that, the difference that it makes. So. Amen. I would say that's that's what makes it pleasant and good, you know, when we can dwell together. Not just you can have two or three that gather together, but two or three just gathering together. I mean, we can, you know, Sunday mornings we can gather together, but when we gather together in his name, the impact we can make, how pleasant and how good it is. When there's no division in the house, when there's no, you know, there's no pride in the house. Everybody, no one's self-centered. It's all about lifting up the name of Jesus. And that's like us three here today on this, on this, on this uh, zoom, on this meeting, this interview, you know, um, you know, we, we, we're united because we're, we're looking at one purpose. We're talking about unity today and see, we can make a difference with this call because of that, you know, this, this interview today, because of unity, making a difference. We're looking toward one thing and that's seeing, seeing people come to the Lord and, and love Jesus. You know, it reminds me of, unsurprisingly, it reminds me of something C.S. Lewis has said. <laughs> and I know TJ and our listeners are tired of me talking about C.S. Lewis, but he talked about, um, he talks about the difference of being an acquaintance with someone and being a friend. And he's, you know, you can be an acquaintance, you can know someone and not be friends. And he said the real difference is that friendship is about something, right? You know, we're friends because, you know, we both like this video game or we're friends because we both know this one thing and that's what matters to us. Or, you know, your friends about your work, whatever it is. Friendship is about something together. And he makes a line where he's like, uh, if you want to get close to, I'm not going to be able to quote it, but he says, you know, if you want to get close to a warrior, you fight with them. If you want to get close to a dancer, you dance with them. A singer, you sing with them. If you want to be friends, if you want to be united with a Christian, you pray with them. And I think that's that's spot on. You know, when you gather together, it has to be about something. It needs to be about our mission. It needs to be about Jesus, God. And we need to pray together. We need to come together, just like you've been saying. Fantastic sure. stuff. And I know um, <laughs> it might seem like we're repeating ourselves a little bit with this question. <laughs> but, you know, I asked, earlier we asked if you had one principle for unity. And I know we talked some about what churches can do, like as a whole, what your church can do. But what could an individual, if there's something... Each individual listening can stop this second and go do to help better preserve unity in the church. What would it be? I think, I think, you know, it, it, does, it doesn't take but one, you know, one person. I mean, you, you know, uh, of course, we're talking about Christ. He came into the world, just one, and he changed, he changed everything when he, he gave his life for us. You know, and you read through the scripture, there's, you look at Paul. I mean, he came just one person and he changed you know, he changed the world, you know, um, and changed people's lives. And I think one person can make a difference. One person can go to their pastor. They could go, you know, into their community and say, you know, or one person can go and have a, a, a round table discussion with uh, pastors and say, Hey, what can we do to, to unite this community? What can we do for us, you know, to, to see unity in, in the church and, 
I mean, I think one person can make a difference, and uh, and I think that's the key. One person, I think that's, I think that's, if I don't, can't say nothing else about it, one person can make a difference, and they could see unity come together. It's just like that pastor. It was just one pastor who who made all the calls and sent out the text messages and brought several denominations together under one roof. So I think, uh, and you, you don't have to be a pastor to do that. You know, just have a heart for it. Um, and, and I believe if you have a heart for it and you're faithful to, to that vision and that calling, man, God, it, it, it can be, it can happen. You know, it can happen. So, so where do you think they should start? You said an individual can make a difference. Where should each individual listening, where should they start? I think, I think they could start by, first of all, praying and just, you know, letting the Holy Spirit lead their lives and, you know, lead them. Um, start with their pastor um, and just sit down with their pastor and, you know, and, and, and say, you know, what can we do? You know, I, I feel this, I feel this God, I listened to this, this call and um, uh, on Spotify and, and it impacted my life and, uh, and about unity. And, and now I want to go and I want I want to do something. I want to see churches coming together. I want to see our church come together. Um, you know, I think that's where it begins, just by going and talking to somebody and getting the, you know, and getting everything in motion in order to make it happen. So, mm-hmm. And I think a person can go into their local church. Um, and even in, 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 I know we're talking about services. I've been talking about, you know, other denominations coming together, but it could be one person just going to their pastor and saying, what can we do to bring unity to our church, our local church? You know, they, they, you know, right here where we're at, and I think one person can make a difference in that as well. You know, mm-hmm. so you want everyone to start change. You want them to go out and be the change they want to see. That's right. That's right. I right. think that's. I mean, if you read through history, uh, you look at Martin Luther King, you look at other individuals through history. I mean, just one person. He had a, he had a vision. He had, a, he had a dream, you know, that he wanted uh-huh. to see uh, things change for his for his people, you know, for his for his his race and and uh, and and, uh, and see this this all this stuff come to an end. And and he and he had a dream. And, and you know, we see where we're at today, you know, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Michael Jackson tried to tell us in, in the late 80s, you know, if you want to make the world a better place. You gotta, you gotta look at yourself and make that change. Uh, yeah, that happened. Uh, so, what do you think we would see happen in the church if everyone started becoming the change they want to see? I think if I think we would all of a sudden start seeing just a, a a great revival take place, people would start making a difference. We would see our I, honestly, I believe we could start seeing our churches grow. Because you got people sitting on the pew who, who have these visions. We, we always, and, and I know people need to, to listen to the, the vision of the pastor. I, you know, this is coming, I understand that, and, and they do. And uh, I mean, because God gives the pastor the vision, and the church is going to flow in a direction it needs to. You know, everybody needs to flow together, you know. Um, and, and I think, but I, but I do know there's people sitting on our pews who have visions. Of, of seeing the churches come together in unity. And I think sometimes they just sit there, but they never respond to what they know God is speaking into their hearts. So, 
Right. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for your input in response to all these questions. Hopefully, everything we want to see achieved uh, is achieved from your message. Uh, and we'd like to get into our outro. Uh, and we'd like to start with our God moment segment. Uh, so we each share something God has done for us recently, uh, whether it be a blessing or a challenge or anything between those two. And uh, I always like to make Josh go first. Uh, it's just more entertaining that way. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Unless I think I can steal his, then I go first. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He often uses mine before I get to say it. And then I have to come up with something else about what God's been doing, which, you know, he does enough with me that you know, it works out most of the time. Um, so this one's kind of dumb, but naturally, so, since Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday, I spend most of November listening to Thanksgiving songs and thinking about Thanksgiving and turkey and food and planning Friendsgiving and, you know, et cetera. Um, I've been building my Thanksgiving playlist more and more because, you know, the thing is, it's hard to find Thanksgiving specific songs, but there's plenty of songs that aren't about the holiday that are about being thankful. And it, I don't know, it's been very impactful to making myself listen to all these songs so I can build my playlist and hearing about all these different things that other people are thankful of and just kind of reminding myself of, Hey, I'm thankful for that too. I don't know. It's been a blessing in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what, what? What week is this coming out? When is this? <laughs> like the second week of December. Okay. Uh, so I, I've recently been in contact with someone who has tested positive for coronavirus. Oh. Uh, he's doing fine. I'm doing fine. His girlfriend slash fiance is doing fine. I, I'm not sure if he asked the question yet. But uh, anyway, uh, I got tested today. And all things, you know, willing, uh, I'll get the results tomorrow, and uh, we'll see, you know? Yeah, that, it, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah, you know, I feel fine. But we'll see. Hmm. That's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, somewhere uh, near a, a challenge. Request? Does it come as a prayer request or a challenge? Or? Well, by the time this comes out, it'll be long. Yeah, so, so yeah. for for me and Pastor Allen to pray for you, for acknowledge, to yeah, add a challenge, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay then. All right, uh, Bishop Allen. Yeah, do you have a God moment you'd like to share with us? Yes, and I would. I would just like to, and I, I kind of go going along with you there. Um, you know, we just back in October, we just got over. Uh, we were both me and my, my I was. I was uh, tested positive for COVID and uh, my wife uh, didn't get tested, but they told, they said just as soon she was. But um, during that time, we had some other friends and uh, family that were uh, tested positive as well. And we've seen uh, a couple friends go, have to go into the hospital, unfortunately, with uh, pneumonia and COVID. And, uh, and then my dad, 84 years old, and this is a God moment, 84 years old, tested positive as well. And, uh, and God was just so good to all of us, all of us, even the those that had to go into the hospital. But God was so good to us that my dad, 84, we always had a fear, you know, you, cause you hear all this stuff about the, you know, the COVID and I'm not saying it's not real. We know it's real, but, 
um, my dad to see him at 84 to never run a fever a day. Uh, his oxygen net level never dropped dangerously low. Um, and, and, and for him to be, you know, fine. I mean, he did, he did outstanding for his age and to have the health problems he's got. Um, he never had to go into the hospital or anything. So that's a God moment knowing how God just had his hand upon him because it could have turned out different, but it turned out Mm. different. That's incredible. All right. Thank you so much uh, for your time. We've got one more thing for you after, uh, after our future guests and uh, for our Patreon supporters as well. Head on over, support us on there. You'll get to hear it. It's good stuff. But uh, for some future guests of the podcast, uh, we've got Jake DeBorens from uh, Dobberens, probably uh, from the Bible, but funnier. Uh, Caroline Harries of the A Cupful of Hope podcast, uh, Pastor C.T. Kirk, and of course, at the end of the first season, uh, we will have Francis Chan, who is just completely unaware. Mm-hmm. Might also you. have the longest first season in the history of first seasons. And that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Or something. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, like I said, if, if you want to hear a little something extra, uh, head on over to Patreon, throw us a couple dollars, and uh, you'll get to hear what comes next. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.